Welcome back. It's a new year. It's a new episode of Content Rookie. And today we're talking about a topic that is really dear to me. And a lot of you have actually reached out to me about this. And that is being a UX writer or content designer when you're not a native English speaker. It can come with a lot of challenges, a lot of them unfortunately being the prejudice that you have to be a native English speaker to do UX writing well. Uh, and today I have a very special guest on the podcast who's recently experienced exactly this issue that he applied for a role and was eventually rejected because he wasn't native in English. And we're going to talk a little bit about his experience um, and what you can do to maybe, you know, set foot in the in the field as a non-native uh, English UX writer and also try to educate hiring managers and recruiters a little bit about why being a native English speaker isn't that vital to be a good UX writer. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Stanislav. Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hi, Nicole. Uh, thanks for having me. Having me. Uh, my name is Stan Olenchenko. I'm a product writer at Macpaw. Uh, we do, basically, we do uh, develop apps that uh, make life of Mac users around the world a little bit easier <laughs> and we're best based in kiev ukraine and uh yeah i could reach out to you some time ago because i've been listening to your podcast almost a year now i think wow and i'm really loving it thanks for doing it thank you <laughs> uh yeah and uh you know i just thought that there's lots and lots of materials coming up uh on ux writing and they talk about you know career career development and uh Uh, making portfolios, building career, uh, all that kind of stuff. But not a lot of them talk about, uh, you know, the experience of uh, non-native English UX writers. And I think this is something that is experienced by a lot of people around the world. Yeah. Because, uh, well, we are a huge crowd. Like, th there's lots and lots and lots of people, not just UX writers, but people who write English content for international audience around the world. And, you know, I just thought that, you know, it would be cool to, to hear something about um, basically tackling prejudice against uh, non-native English speakers. Yeah. So, yeah, here I am. <laughs> That's where you're here. Thank you so much. And again, I already said this before we hit record, but I'm really grateful that you sent me that message. And I totally agree with you. We need to talk about this more. There's a lot of prejudice going around in the hiring committees and um, about the fact what does it even mean to be a native English writer is that even something mm. that companies should be looking for necessarily if they're looking for a UX writer or content designer um, so I would love to just hear your experience you had a recent experience where something like this happened to you in an interview process right yeah yeah true so uh, I had this little story last summer Uh, I applied to one of the big uh, tech companies uh, based in Kiev, but like they have offices internationally. Mm. And they were looking for a UX writer. And uh, so I applied using their website and uh, did not receive any, uh, any response. Uh, a couple of days later, I saw the same uh, job opening on a... Uh, What you call it? It's a basically re recruitment agency. Mm -hmm. So I decided to, you know, apply again. Why not? <laughs> and uh, they contacted me back. the the recruit The recruiter 
agency. And they, uh, we had a little interview, everything went super fine. And, and regarding the job, I felt like really comfortable about it because it seemed to me like it was a total fit regarding like experience. Uh, and after a couple of days, the recruiter, she returned to me and she basically said that the, the guys at the company didn't want to, you know, proceed with the interviewing process, uh, which of course I got a little disappointed, mm. but you know, that happens. But, uh, when I asked her like, why, why exactly? Like, did they say anything? Why don't they want, you know, talk, just talk? She replied that, uh, they were actually looking only for native, uh, English speakers. And the thing is that it, it wasn't listed on, on the job opening. Hmm. So it was kind of like an internal, uh, you know, feature uh, of, of this job. And, uh, you know, I, I got kind of pissed off a little bit because, like, I get, I get why it's a safer choice for a lot of companies to look for uh, native English speakers when hiring, you know, content writers of any sort. Right. But yeah, I felt that it's kind of like the fact that it hasn't been, you know, stated openly and, but that it's still like a key, uh, key feature of, of this job. Uh, I don't know. I got angry about it. So uh, I, it got me thinking, you know, about uh, maybe there's, there's this extra step, extra challenge that a lot of, uh, non-native English speakers like me uh, have to face yeah. uh, in in hiring process, and there's also like, of course, I'm not I'm not the first or only person you know thinking about it. Uh, I also read a wonderful text, uh, wonderful article. Uh, yeah, let me. I'm just afraid I will mis- mispronounce it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, th- there was a wonderful article by uh, Dragana Mil. I'm going to do it again, sorry. <laughs> uh, by Dragana Milovanovic uh, on uh, UX Content Collective. She wrote an article called uh, How Not to Be, How Not Being a Native English Speaker Makes Me a Better UX Writer. Right. And yeah, it's a wonderful article. I really recommend it. And there's also uh, a podcast episode, the podcast uh, Writers in Tech. Uh, and there was a podcast episode with uh, Kalina Turkiel. Uh, who also was talking about, you know, the challenges of being non, non-native English UX writer. Uh, so, but apart from that, not much is, is on the internet, you know, right. uh, you know, speaking with this perspective in mind. So, yeah, I, I just think it's something that, you know, we as a professional community should talk about more often right? and, and maybe understand like, what are the reasonings of, uh, hiring companies, why, why maybe they have this kind of doubt about non-natives yeah. and what, uh, you know, UX writers and content people around the world can do to maybe edu- educate these companies and, and show their value uh, that they bring, basically. Yeah. Really good point. And thanks for sharing those resources. Um, I can definitely say, first of all, you're not alone. You're not the first person that has written to me about this issue. And I've tried to help out a couple of other non-native English writers that were struggling with this. Most of them actually have also found jobs now. So eventually it, it worked out for them. 
Um, but I definitely agree that it's an issue. And I think if we maybe start trying to look at why is this an issue, the really obvious one that comes to mind to me now that I've also been um, like hiring for a couple of bigger companies is that um, companies are usually so stressed when it comes to recruiting, specifically with con within content design and UX writing. The market is pretty hot right now that it feels like an easy way to narrow down candidates is to just look for native English. So it's like a very easy way for recruiters to kind of, you know, move certain candidates candidates forward and kind of go through maybe like a big chunk of applications that they may get for any given role. Um, I think like what's interesting to me though, is that from what I've heard also from others is that they often don't get like rejected in the beginning. So based on their material, like their CV, the experience that they send in, maybe even the portfolio, um, companies are usually interested to move forward with them. But then sometimes after they've actually interviewed with someone, that's when they get rejected, which you can probably connect to to their accent, maybe not being 100% native English, which I find interesting because um, my accent is not 100% American English either. I have German parents and you can hear that sometimes. It's like on the edge, but you can hear that it's not 100% <laughs> New York accent. <laughs> um, and actually in the beginning of my career, when I had less experience, this was an issue for me too. That people were like, oh, are you really native English? And they maybe required more writing samples from me when I was, this is when I was still mainly working as a copywriter. Um, they were like, okay, well, can you maybe additionally write this or can you translate this? Because they had a hard time trusting me <clears throat> that I was actually capable at writing English. And I think something that is talked about in the article you mentioned earlier as well is that maybe if you're not raised in the 100% native English environment, you actually have a better eye for some of the details of language. You think a little bit more about what actually makes a sentence clear, what actually makes a lingual structure clear. And that can actually benefit you as a UX writer in so many ways. For example, when we're talking about localization, um, it's usually much easier to localize simple sentences that really, really get it to the core, which is what UX writing is really all about. So there are even some benefits to people who maybe have learned English, not even bilingually, but later in life, because they still have like a completely different outlook on the language and, and approach to writing. But yeah, how, how do you feel about that? Is, is that what you feel where your value also really lies? Totally, totally. I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, and, and yeah, that I totally get this part of, you know, uh, hiring companies asking for a little bit more proof uh of, of your actual knowledge of english yeah uh, um yeah yeah I, I think you know ux writing is is about so many things it's it's not just about language of course like primarily it's about you know writing yeah. basically but it's about a lot of other things you know uh being a collaborative uh team member it's about you know studying your audience uh, researching the subject uh UX design, basically. So I think whether you're a native or non-native UX writer, there, there's a lot of things still to be uh, emphasized and, and talked about when you're uh, applying for the job. And and I think that that's one of the things that we as a community should should communicate to to the hiring companies. Yes. That you know it, it, it's a complex job. Uh, and if you're hiring somebody, you should be looking at many different things. You, you cannot just, you know, always pick a safer choice and uh, just stick with 
native native writers. Oh. I think you you raise a really important point there, which is that UX writing and content design positions are usually about so many other things that aren't actually writing words, where maybe having a perspective from another language or like something that I think is super valuable is actually being at least fluent, if not even like on native language, native language native level sorry in a second language is super beneficial because you know in your head you can translate some text strings and see right away how they may not be easy to localize so all of those things can be super valuable specifically when you're working as a UX writer and content designer where maybe in another writing position sure it's more about just the words but UX writers they have to do so much more it's stakeholder management you have to work with researchers like you said designers developers localization managers and there's so much that comes into that right sure sure yeah and and, and i really like that that you've uh, uh you're talking about you know bringing a different perspective because i think uh most of like english uh ux writers they write for international audiences and so they write not only for for native uh native speakers and and again that this is something that that should be considered that sometimes uh okay i'll I'll rephrase that a little bit sorry go for it uh what i'm trying to say is that uh of course if you're not a native speaker you have some you know cognitive biases you may be uh you know short on vocabulary sometimes right uh but also uh you know native english speakers also have their cognitive biases uh, especially when it comes to localization as, as you said no, you have to put yourself uh, put yourself in the place of, of your audience. And if you're writing for international audience, it can be a little bit tricky. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I totally I totally agree with that. And I think what what it also is in a way is that um, it's a question of diversity, right? Like it's easy to maybe sure. hire designers from different countries. They don't have to be native English, but when it comes to writers, like you say, a lot of companies are very hesitant. So um, I personally think that unfortunately US writing slash content design are still very white people dominated um, <laughs> for, for I think the reason that, yeah, it's companies are hesitant to hire maybe someone from from a different country and which is funny because I remember talking to someone um, they also reached out to me about this uh, and they were from Africa and actually their first language was English but just because their location was within Africa companies had this bias that they weren't going to be good at English so that was often the feedback that they received like oh yeah we worry that your English level proficiency isn't there which I find super, super sad because apparently yeah. like it doesn't even go to a point where um, everyone is aware that you can be a native English writer, even though you're raised in India or you're raised in Africa or you're raised in Singapore. Um, so I think that's definitely also an issue there that we're essentially gatekeeping some really great candidates from positions. Yeah, yeah, totally. The, the, you know, the, this example that, that you talked about, it's a totally like another layer of, of maybe prejudice, maybe biases. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I can even reflect on like, I even get this. So I'm based in Sweden. Um, and sometimes when I've worked with clients based in the US, even though they can hear and they can see from my experience that 
yeah, I am. I have a pretty good level of English proficiency. They're still hesitant because they're like, oh, but Sweden? Like, I mean, it is not the US and it's not the UK. Um, so it's it's definitely a thing that we, we have to educate about. And another thing that I would love to mention is that, I mean, I know many Americans and many Brits and many native English speakers who aren't good writers and who do not know their grammar rules and who do not know their vocabulary. Um, and so I think we just need to go beyond that level of, oh, it's all just about where you're born or where you've been raised. It's really about so much more and specifically also about your interest in, in language and your interest in content design specifically that is going to make you good at this role. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, you know, uh, you're, you're talking about that, that we need to educate maybe the, the companies and, you know, industry-wide standards maybe, push yeah. them a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I really wanted to know is how do you think should we do it like as a community? I mean, I think it's always difficult to tackle these kind of things that may be just ingrained in, for example, recruiting culture. Like if you're looking for a writer in a certain market, you're going to try to find someone native in that market's language. Um, so I think what we can do is, you know, talk about it like you and I are doing today. Uh, maybe if some of the listeners are directly hiring or are working with hiring managers, just inform them, like as part of the, usually when you're a hiring manager, you have like a couple of uh, profiles that you send along to the recruiter with like people like look for people like this to maybe include a couple of people who aren't based let's say in the u.s um so you can so they can get that perspective that it's maybe not just about a location it's not about the native language or to specifically call that out maybe even in the job ad where we're looking for someone proficient in english they don't have to be native um i also really like in some job ads i've seen this happen more now when they specifically call out that it is a benefit if you speak another language um, which is something that I've seen mm -hmm. often overlook in content uh, content design as well, even though, as we talked about a little earlier in the episode, it is really valuable. So those are like the really obvious ones I can think of. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, one of the things that I also thought about was maybe uh, as, as a non-native, you need to uh, maybe kind of kind of like understand the perspective of the hiring company and try to uh you know show show your strengths your values from from the perspectives that probably they they are not thinking about when they're looking at, at your profile and, and seeing that you're non-native like uh you know you can emphasize your strengths in in design thinking you can uh bring more uh, one of the things that i'm i think is really important is uh uh, bring on uh, references by by other people from from your peers, from maybe your clients. Very good point. Uh, and, and you know, just again, if companies kind of like feel they they need more proof to to trust your English skill, uh, then maybe you should uh, give it to them. Yeah. <laughs> in in the form that you can. Yeah, I I think that's a good point. I will say though that. I feel like it's a lot about the conversations that you may be having during the recruitment process, because I've also interviewed candidates, for example, that had great like written references or like sample work samples. And then it turns out that in practice, they maybe weren't that good um, because you can have an editor look over your work samples and, you know, make sure that whatever you send into to a potential new employer or client looks really good. So for me, at least when I'm hiring um, or I'm interviewing, I really try to like, 
you know, ask about these kind of things in conversation and maybe even ask the candidates about their experience, like working in, in a different language or how they've been received. So um, I think if you feel confident enough to maybe even take the conversation like that, uh, I think that can be a really good thing to do, specifically if you're going via a recruitment agency, like you mentioned earlier in the call, maybe bring it up right away and say like, hey, just so you know, um, I'm not native English, but I have worked in English for X many years on these projects. I can show you these references. So to just make sure that you can give the recruiter the confidence to actually, you know, sell your profile in that way. And I know it sounds a little bit like doing the recruiter's job, but um, in the beginning, when you're maybe newer to your career, or you're transitioning into UX writing, uh, and this is an issue that you see you may be facing, I think it can still be really valuable to kind of tackle a little bit more hands-on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, as you said, I, I, I mean, I think because it's kind of like a, you know, a discussion that, that doesn't really exist on an industry-wide level, uh, yet, at least. Yeah. Uh, the, the the basic and then the first thing that we should do is like to be to to speak up and, and to you know uh, raise our voice and and to claim that yeah you know there, there's lots of us who are non non natives and you know not trying to to hide or or or, or um, try to make look your LinkedIn profile as if you're a native speaker. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it, it's it's good to be upfront. I mean, of course, make sure that your LinkedIn and all of the material you send in is like correct English. Um, but I wouldn't try to mislead them because again, if you do come into an interview situation and they hear that you have an accent, um, they may like actually feel like it's always good. I read this once um, in regards to your haircut. Like if your LinkedIn profile is so outdated that someone will struggle to recognize you from your picture when they first interview you, you have like only half of the chance of getting the job <laughs> just because there's a mismatch in, in, in expectations. And think about that a little bit with your profile as well. Like definitely make sure the content is all great, but um, they shouldn't go into it thinking that you are going to be like this hardcore American accented native speaker, <laughs> um, because that may actually then be a disadvantage for you. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, but thank you so much, Stan, for, for joining me today, for sharing your experience so openly. I'm sure a lot of listeners really appreciate it. I know the podcast has a lot of listeners from all over the world who are going to be able to relate to this. Uh, and I hope that you you feel a little bit more confident now with your career moving forward. Maybe you can link this podcast episode when you apply for future positions so they get the full picture. <laughs> and um, yeah, I wish you all the best. Thanks for joining. Thanks. First of all, thank you for, you know, for inviting me and, and for speaking about on this topic. I think this is super important and super cool. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much. And that was our episode today. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as you heard from the introduction to this episode, I actually recorded this together with Stan based on a message that he shot me and he told me he was really passionate about this topic and thought I should talk about it in the podcast. So just a reminder, if there's anything that you think I haven't talked about yet that I should be talking about, please reach out to me. I'm happy to discuss how we can make it happen. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you listen next time again as well. This is Content Rookie and I'm Nicole. Bye-bye.